All right, looks like we're live. Shalom, everybody. I'm here with uh, my guest and friend, John Q. Adams. And uh, I've had the opportunity. Now, this is, I think, the the third time he's come on. And the, the last video, probably the last two that John, John did with me, I think the first I got a strike on YouTube and that video got taken down. And then the, the, the next, I think, if I'm remembering, you probably remember a little bit better, John. And then the last one, I, I don't think I even put it on YouTube. I just yeah. put it on uh, Patreon. Cause I'm like, this is just, you know, too much. Uh, but, um, glad to have you back uh john q now just just so everybody knows i had the opportunity to um of course meet you uh, twice now and john is a just a very i don't know if he'll like me describing him as this but he's a very gentle soul and just very pleasant to converse and talk with and i wish we could actually just i would love to just sit down and smoke a cigar one night with uh, John in person around a fire. And for those of you who went to Atlanta, this was last year, you guys also met him and got to meet his family as well. So how, how is your uh, family doing tonight? They are, they are doing uh, very well. Thanks for asking. Yeah. It, uh, it, uh, it was, it was really great to meet you uh, and, and your family as well. And um, you know, uh, I've said it before, but I, I can't say it enough. You know, thank you, Noel, for bringing me onto your uh, your platform, um, letting you know, giving me the opportunity to kind of present uh, my research. You you encouraged me. Uh, it was you and others on the Discord channel encouraged me to even write the articles, which you uh, you know I put on a Substack, and you also published on your website, and then you encouraged me to put them into a book and I did, and you published it and edited it. And, and as, as well as, as uh, Rebecca did a lot of work on that. So thank you very much. Thank you, Rebecca. It's, it's an honor uh, to be here. Um, and I'm glad I can call you a friend, a, a brother in Mashiach and a fellow digital warrior. Yeah. Now I just want everyone, before we get into this tonight, and I just want everyone to know out there, because there's going to be all the, I, I know how these comments go down. I saw them last time. You saw them too, John. I myself am not a, uh, a non, I'm not Q. I, I can't even say it right. Is it, I'm a QAnon. I'm not, I guess if you're a true anon, you don't say you're QAnon. Um, but um, actually when, when John approached me, this would have been like two or three years ago. Now. I don't know. Maybe mm -hmm. early 2021 or something like that. It would have been probably, yeah, late 21. Cause I think I found your, I found your Discord in your, your YouTube. I think I found that like August of 21. I think I joined the Discord after binging all of your YouTube stuff. I joined your Discord in like October, I think, if I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah. Yeah. So it was early 2022 when you started writing articles. And um, uh, what, one of the things, I mean, I kind of had to, you know, pray about it. I was like, is this something that I want to put on there? And I kind of asked around and um, eventually I was like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to put this up on uh, the unexpected cosmology. And this is, this was part of my vision is to, to, to bring people with these different, I can't cover everything obviously. And so it's, it's great to get these perspectives. Of course, John, you're my, you're my QAnon guy. I mean, you're like, I love to get news on the, the world of, you know, what's going on out there with the Anons and, um 
I, I miss it when because you used to come on on a Saturday night when we would do mm -hmm. the Discord, and then you know obviously you probably can't do it Friday nights. You haven't been on in a long time, and so I don't you know get all that. Hopefully, I will some tonight, and you know. So I just want to stress to everyone out there that I, I think it's important for any truth seeker to uh, to look at different theories, all right? To to not just shoot things down and look at them. And even if you, at the end of the day, if you don't accept the outcome of it, so, you know, you, you're like, yeah, I don't really dig this or buy this or whatever. Hopefully, you still learn something out of it. And I could say that I've learned a lot. And I looking into QAnon uh, and, and as little as I have. And I stress in as little as I have, um, it, I, it's caused me to change my opinion on some things. I, I may cover some of those tonight. Uh, so yeah, again, welcome John and, uh, his latest book. Let me see if I could actually bring this up on screen for you guys. I'm gonna have to remove this real quick. Yeah. And while you're doing that, I will make every attempt to not say trigger words. So we'll see, we'll see if, <laughs> If YouTube there's, will strike again, there's two types of triggers, John. There are triggering YouTube, and then there is, of course, triggering people. Mm. And uh, you're <laughs> you're gonna do one <laughs> or the other tonight. I guarantee it. Probably both. Um, yeah. All right. The, okay. I'm having a tough time bringing this up. Okay, so. This is, uh, I'm not going to take you guys, oh man, now it's like a huge page. I had it all set up perfectly, whatever. Uh, anyways, this is his book and um, just came out, just published. And maybe later I'll take you guys through it and kind of just show, it's very meaty. It's, it's a lot of details. I, I'm very impressed by it. All the research, all the thought that uh, John put into this. So um, yeah, so take us through this. What is your what is Q? What is Anon? What is QAnon? Mm -hmm. And um, my hope here at the end of this is that those listening to this uh, video are going to have a good understanding of your worldview, why you came to the conclusions you did, where it's all leading, mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah. So there, uh, there. You know, those who who follow and and Q and research uh, the Q drops uh, know that there is no QAnon. QAnon is a made up uh term by the uh the uh mockingbird media to uh associate um certain wild and crazy uh theories that uh they get to put out as QAnon conspiracy theories and associate that with q because they can't attack uh the the message of q uh they can't attack the messenger because they can't figure out who it is um and so they they resort to their typical tactics q is uh all indications uh is that q is a uh a, mili uh, a military intelligence information dissemination campaign uh part of a fifth generation warfare plan part of a counterinsurgency plan um, in this fifth generation war that we have been in for decades. Most people um, don't know it, but we're in, you know, World War III ended. Uh, that was that was the, the Cold War, but we are currently in World War IV, and it's a fifth generation uh, information war. Um, so so uh, in... 
it was about... the, with the mm -hmm. so with the just really quickly for clarification um because you're going to be dropping a lot of um little you know tidbits and truth bombs and other things in there so you, you define world war three as the cold war with the obviously with the, i'm assuming you mean that like the soviets right with the communists uh that would you say when did when did world war three uh end for you um so you know i would say i would say uh world war three uh started immediately um after world war ii uh, okay. and it also was a a kind of sort of a silent war and and we think we you know a lot of us think that uh, oh we defeated germany we defeated nazi we defeated nazism that really wasn't the case it just um left germany and established itself elsewhere including within our own uh government um so uh world war three was are you, I, I was are, you are you referring to like operation paperclip yeah uh, mm -hmm. yeah okay yeah, yeah and and when it went elsewhere and of course pop paper everybody pretty much knows operation paperclip by this time you know the the uh, the NASA uh, rocket scientist like uh, Von Braun, um, who was mm -hmm. doing the uh, design the V two the V two rockets, right? The V two rockets that he you know designed NASA. But uh, elsewhere, like, are you talking Argentina, Antarctica? Like, what yeah. are we talking about? Okay, yeah, I think all of the above. Um, now, World War Three, um, to me, I see that as more of a uh, a pretend war by uh those actually in control um to just keep us divided and also you know to uh you know fund the military industrial complex that uh, eisenhower warned us of so world war three so while while it was pretend it was also very hot and a lot of people died in vietnam korea um all kinds of conflict all over, all over the world um but you had deep state the deep state was running that war on and the central banks were running that war just like the central banks run everywhere the deep state and the central banks were running that war on both sides um in in 1963 uh president kennedy was assassinated and of course there's there is a lot of uh you know conspiracy and intrigue around course around the assassination of course that's the that's the uh that's when the term conspiracy theory or conspiracy theorists yeah. and conspiracy was invented by the CIA. Um, but from my research, what I've gathered is that uh, when that happened and, you know, I've seen things indicate that he survived that. And I think that is true. Um, but when it well, happened, when you say survived that you're talking about Kennedy, correct? Yeah. Okay. Survived, but, that was his exit from the world stage and uh he barely survived it um so is that um, really quickly and i don't mm -hmm. I, i'm just stopping you um just for clarification it, purely out of my interest yeah um it, you you probably know my theory that you know that i did that whole thing on the the zapruder film was uh composite imaging it was a hoax whether whatever i believe is whatever my conclusions are are important i'm just kind of curious what yours are is is the idea that JFK was not assassinated, is that a common theme in uh, within Q or, or um, I should say amongst the Anons, or do they generally believe that he did die? I say it's a split about 50-50. Um, really? Yeah. 
yeah um a lot of a lot of anons you know think that he he survived that um and lived the rest of his life in hiding and um we you know a lot of us think that um that uh, he was brought out uh uh in the public eye at the um at that uh, uh that ceremony in uh, normandy that trump did i forget when that was it was like 20 let's say 2018 or 2019 yeah i remember it, it that guy looked he did i mean he looked a lot like kennedy it was really interesting yeah. the guy in the wheelchair yeah yeah and he had uh right on his uh on his right uh temple basically where kennedy took that round um you know you could see that that was kind of caved in like you would expect that to happen what would have been a result from that wound so i i lean towards that 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 kennedy um did survive it but as far as you know as far as the reality that we know he didn't right because the, the reality is painted for us um but kennedy had promised to uh shatter the cia into a thousand pieces and scatter into the wind he uh warned us about secret societies he um issued executive order 1110 which was going to get us back to a go back digital currency, a go sorry, go back currency, and um, basically which threatened the central banks, and so yeah, they they took them out. Uh, LBJ was involved in that, of course. So was uh, George H. W. Bush. We have a picture of George H. W. Bush on the on the grassy knoll. Uh, so um, so, but that day, um, some generals got together and said um never again and they started implementing a plan uh to take back the, not only the country but the world the world's governments the world's uh you know sovereign nations take 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 back those uh, control from the deep state every country around the world had a deep state and, and uh, some of them still do so it's a fight that's still ongoing so in that sense i would say world war three ended uh with the fall of the berlin wall because that was that was a you know it was a pretend war and we've had a different war ever since then um it's kind of blends in together you can, you can almost say that it blends together but uh that's kind of how i see it Okay, so that that was part of my question. You talked about how the deep state ran the Cold War, War or World War Three, and then when did the uh, if we're in World War Four now? I'd be interested to hear when that kind of began, and then uh, when if the deep state or the elites are are running, you know, this axis of evil or whatever. When did the uh, Q government? if you want to call it that, or you can define it for me, what, what it looks like. When did that begin to come onto the scene? I don't mean like the first yeah. Q post, but yeah. you know, like when did, when did that side of the government, you know, the, the, what do you want to call them? The white hats, whatever. When did they start coming on the scene? Um, so they, I, I think they've been working behind the scenes. Uh, like I said, ever since JFK's assassination, um, and they have been uh, doing things uh, somewhat publicly, but publicly, but you wouldn't notice. Um, 
you know, there's there's been um, infiltration works both ways, right? So if if you're going to run a counterinsurgency against uh, an enemy that's infiltrated your society at the uh, you know uh, media level, at the financial economic level, businesses, at the entertainment uh, areas, um, you know, in government. Um, in order to run a counterinsurgency, you have to kind of infiltrate, counter, do some counterinfiltration at all those levels. Um, so there was, there was a, a very long period of, of, of not only planning, but also counter, counter infiltration. Um, and when you go back and look, you can see uh, some of those tell those signs of, of a counter uh, counter infiltration. It may be, it may be, um, you know, uh, s some, some nuggets in movies or, uh, you know, it could be, you know, certain, certain, uh, you know, persons within, uh, you know, various businesses or what have you. Um, where it really kicked off was in, uh, I would say in, 2015 16 ish um and that's where um uh the 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 coon or the four let's just say the four the 4chan board started getting really active um and i think that's you know around that time the the q team if you want to call it kind of identified um the platform that they were going to launch their really their public facing portion of of the counterinsurgency, um, as well as at that time, they had decided that they were going to recruit President Trump to run for and legitimately, legitimately win the 2016 election. Um, does Jade? You mentioned 2015. You mentioned that the 4chan boards. Does Jade Helm come into this in any way? Is is cute? Is was that? strictly like uh, uh, an Obama administration um, uh, program or was it, or a PSYOP or whatever you want to call it, or was Q involved in that? It just got my, cause yeah. when you mentioned 2015, I'm like, that's, I was thinking that's when Jade Helm happened. Yeah. I haven't looked into Jade Helm a lot. Um, but you know, one thing I do think that the whole, uh, you know, I think Twitter was a, you know, a, a Q honeypot operation when it was set up because, because of what, what happened over the last, you know, couple of years with Twitter. Um, now there's, there's been a lot of other research and things like project looking glass and things, which, which, you know, indicates that, um, we had a, you know, the, the Q team had, a, if you want to call them that had a lot of, uh, the, the military planners had a lot of, uh, information into you know decisions that they could make and how it would you know affect certain outcomes um i go into that and i think it's in chapter six of the book art, uh, article number six um it's some fascinating stuff there but um essentially you know from what i found uh the uh there were certain factions within the united states military um after the 2012 election that were prepared to forcefully remove Obama from from office um, and uh, cooler heads prevailed one of those 
one of those uh, heads uh, that was cooler that was involved in the conversations um, was Roger Stone. Um, and uh, they instead uh, decided to approach Trump, recruit him, uh, read him into the plan and recruit him to uh, run for office and legitimately take the uh, the commander in chief role where that they could then implement phase one. Uh, and then I think we're currently in like, you know, maybe phase three or four or something like that. So what would, um, what would phase one, uh, not funny. I had all these questions for you. I just jumped right over those. I might have to backtrack later. What did, uh, if we're like in phase three or four now, and is there a end goal of how many phases is going to be? Is this no. just, uh, keep coming up with phases until they finally uh, get the uh, checkmate or, uh, and what did, what did phase one look like? So phase one was Trump coming into office, right? So uh, yeah, setting, phase setting one was up. Trump coming into office. It was his world tour. If you go, if you go back uh, 2017, he did a world tour um, and then look what, uh, uh, you know, research, what can kind of came out of that world tour. Uh, he visited um you know saudi arabia they gave him the uh sword you know they had him hold the sword in the in the sword dance ceremony which you know that's uh nobody that's other than the the king is able to do that the king and so they, that was a you know the saudi arabia was showing that they were capitulating to trump essentially trump went around to he visited the pope he visited uh um Israel, he visited the queen, but he went around and um, sort of what what uh, a lot of Anons have deduced based on a lot of the clues is that he went around with uh, a binder, essentially like a stack of, of information, plopped it on their desk and said, we have it all. Um, you know, you have however, you know, 24 hours to um, capitulate. Uh, or this all gets released. It's essentially, uh, you know, what you could compare to a, 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 you know, a nuclear bomb, right? A nuclear bomb of, of blackmail. Um, uh, he needed he needed some of these uh, countries. He needed to bring them on their side in order to to you know uh, further the the end goal, which is to collapse and take out the central banks um and and deep states in in every country this is this is a this is not only a, an operation that's you know uh, something that affects america it affects the whole world right it, every every country has a deep state every country has a central bank every country has um uh you know either elements of of gangs or uh, you know, uh, cartels or what have you that is, 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 uh, you know, basically terrorizing the people running the show. And, uh, you know, the, the people even, you know, the people don't really have any say in any of it, you know, even in so-called democracies, they do really don't have a say as we all have kind of discovered and found out. So let me, um, I'm going to actually, so it, you just gave the, um, kind of the end goal, correct? Which is to collapse the deep state and uh, remove the central bank worldwide, right? Yeah. America, obviously, drain, but pretty much worldwide. Drain the swamp, right? yeah. Yep. Okay. 
So that's <clears throat> all right. So I'm going to backtrack with that. I'm going to ask kind of a, a a a straightforward question that may have just been answered. But what is it that actually attracted you to QAnon? I mean, you're you're and what is it actually that I guess caused you to start red pilling, right? I mean, what was the what was the truth that that brought was it QAnon or something else that led you to QAnon? It was a the 2020 election. Um, I saw it stolen. Yeah, I saw it stolen right in front of my face, and I saw it blatantly covered up in a in a coordinated attack. Um, so that that really you know just shook me out of my. I was kind of in a slumber at that time in my life in a daze. I had I had been very active on you know. Uh, probably 10 years prior to that during the Obama administration. And at some point during the Obama administration, I, you know, just said, I can't do this anymore. And I kind of just went into a, a, a daze, so to speak. Now I, I continued to, to, you know, kind of follow along a little bit. I would listen to Rush Limbaugh every day. I was a Rush baby. I grew up as a Rush baby, uh, things like that, but I really wasn't engaged at all in, in, you know, anything outside of, you know, day-to-day -day life work and what have you. Um, so that, you know, and then when, when, when Trump was elected in, in 2016, I kind of, my, my mindset was, all right, you know, you know, we, we, we've been through the Obama years, Trump's got this, I'm just going to keep living my, you know, life, normie life, so to speak. And I really wasn't paying much attention at all during, uh, during the, um, the first Trump administration. I, that's one of my biggest regrets because there was a lot of stuff going on, you know, that, uh, you know, I've, I've had to catch up, uh, after 2020, I've had to catch up. Um, but, uh, but anyway, so yeah, so t it was the election, even COVID didn't, it was enough to kind of like, you know, make me stir a little, like I was, I was not buying, I was really, angry about these mask mandates and i was you know we had decided at that point you know that we were getting out of the state we were in because you know we could see the writing on a wall of you know potential uh well i'm not going to say that either but you know uh, yeah everybody out yeah. there knows the keywords yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know i've just learned yeah. i've just learned my my phrase when i want to talk about that is nephilim i just ah, i say yes. nephilim don't nephilim. become a nephilim that's you know yeah. YouTube hasn't picked up on that yet. All right. So really quickly. Um, so, I mean, you talk about catching up and it, I fully can, uh, I mean, when I came, when I woke up and I came into this back then, everybody was talking about like the big things people were talking about. They were talking about the Vatican, but it was, it was a nine 11 and Sandy Hook. Those were the two big things. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then, yeah, another thing started happening, but Sandy Hook nine 11, and then there was that long period where, yeah, there was like some shootings and stuff, but it was like the flat earth and stuff. But now it's just with, with COVID, it just like went crazy and just like everyone out there talking about stuff and all these, like, I can't even follow everything out there. It's just so much. Um, so give me really quickly the dominoes and, and a lot of people, you know, when yeah. they, when they talk about, when they come on to present something, they don't want to connect one conspiratorial thing with others because they don't want to like discredit their work. Um, but obviously your book is Q and the millennial kingdom. So mm -hmm. <laughs> you're connecting, <laughs> you're connecting your Q research with, you know, the whole short season millennial kingdom mud flood, yeah. uh, um, 
um, conspiracy. So what, give me like the dominoes, what follow you, yeah. you, you, it was the election, the, the election got stolen, came into QAnon, what, boom, 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 what started happening yeah. for you? So election stolen, uh, caused me to start just digging in to figure out what was going on. Um, my wife had been following the Q drops and things for, you know, about a year at that point, but, and she had told me about the stuff, but I just wasn't really listening. So it kind of went over my head and then, you know, I was freaking out and she's like, well, it's all part of the plan. Trump said this would happen. I said, what plan? So, so, so I started diving into the Q drops, uh, following Anons who were putting out, uh, you know, decodes and, and everything and start diving into all that. So that led me to, uh, you know, of course there's all kinds of stuff in the, like that, that the, the <laughs> diving into the Q research is, will, will lead you into basically every red pill that there is out there. Okay. Uh, that led me, yeah. yeah, that led me to, uh, you know, you name it, the Jeffrey Epstein stuff, the, uh, you know, dumbs, you know, you name it. So, and then, and then that led me to flat earth. Uh, when I, you know, found flat earth, I was, you know, <laughs> I won't go into it a whole lot, but essentially it was like, I was like, you know, I had to kind of, I think I had to, y'all had to take me through a journey to get, to get to where I'm going. So it was Q flat earth, flat earth, uh, caused me obviously to discover, you know, you are non, um, and he had his, his, I, his first series was, you know, um, uh, one earth happened. And then the second one was the, the lost history of flat earth. So we, I was, we binged the lost history of flat earth and that's where I was like, my first thought was, okay, how does this fit in with the Bible? Where is this? Where could this be in the Bible? And almost immediately it hit me. Uh, this means we could very well be living after the millennial reign. We could be very well be in Satan's short season. And that is like, that has... Satan's short season for itself, just in itself, has huge explanatory power for everything we're going through, right? I mean, <laughs> like, and that that's so, for me, it hit me. So I started diving into looking to find out more information on that, and that's where, where I came across you. And so yeah, that uh, for observance. <laughs> awesome. I always love to hear that yeah. part there. And for me, that's, you know, th this will segue into my next two questions. And I think these are just going to be standard questions I ask anyone who comes on. When I had Paul from Understanding Conspiracy on, was that yesterday? I already lost track of time. Uh, I asked him these two questions. And the first is one of the most famous questions ever asked in history. It was at the trial, the kangaroo court, the trial of Yahushua Mashiach. He's standing before Pontius Pilate. He has all these accusers coming in, claiming all these different things. And, and Pilate, of course, sees no, you know, reason to kill this guy but he finally throws up his arms he says what is truth and mm -hmm. so uh for you like uh what is the truth yeah well it's one of my favorite verses because it's john 17 17 so uh if 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 you aren't if some if listeners aren't familiar with uh q uh q is the 17th letter of of the alphabet um and so in in simple dramatria q equals 17 17 equals q so John 17, 17, thy word is truth. Uh, it's pretty plain and simple right there. Um, and what is the word? It's the entire thing from the beginning to the end. Yeah. And uh, Psalm 119, what, what Psalm was that you just quoted from? No, John 17, 17. Oh, 
I was I was thinking of Psalm one nineteen when it when it says uh, your Torah is truth. Um, yeah. And so for okay, so obviously you know I mean I obviously wouldn't have you on if we didn't come from the same worldview of using the Bible as you know as a springboard for our you know reality. And the, mm -hmm. but my next question is is how do you determine truth? I mean you're looking at yeah. you know. Let me and let me just say quickly for everyone out there, this is one of the things that I am appreciative of QAnon. And even though, and I want to clarify for those who are just coming in, you know, live, I myself, I'm not, I'm not an anon, I'm not QAnon. Um, and uh, but I'm very appreciative of this. And I started becoming more appreciative of when I started getting to know uh, John Q and then some of the other uh, uh, anons that came into cosmology as well, and just listening to them as they spoke. And realizing that there are so many people waking up to the truth through QAnon. And so however one feels about it, if one just says, oh, it's just all, a, it's all a sile. The whole thing is a sile. But it's like, well, they did a great job then because they have just woken up hundreds of thousands, probably millions of people to the truth. And there, as you said, uh, John Q, like there's, it, it's just like, it, it's it's almost like a, I don't know. It's 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 like a red pill dispenser, right? I mean, you you got everything going on imaginable pretty much in there that people are looking into. Mm -hmm. um, so it seems to have just it, it's one of those things that I mean, when I came in to the truth, my avenue was Alex Jones and Infowars and people, you know, like, you know, Alex Jones is, you know, Bill Hicks or whatever. Um, the, the fact is is that yeah i didn't stay at infowars for for long i was there for six months and then i kind of you know moved on to other things but that was the gateway drug for me right that brought me into the truth movement and and like compared like when you compare infowars with QAnon, they're not even this it's it's like little league versus you know just everything people are out there talking about so um yeah so anyways how do you determine as you're looking into things how do you determine what the truth is yeah, so obviously it has to align with scripture because um, because that's that is the foundation, my foundation for for ultimate truth. And a lot of people say, well, how do you know it's real, right? How do you know scripture is real? How do you know it's just not, you know, that's one of the main arguments is, you know, it's 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 you know something that's man wrote it, you know, it's it's been corrupted, you know, all that, you know, all those arguments that you get, and, and it's it's a it's a valid question, but it's 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 answered with we know it's real because we know god is real and we know he is real because without him you cannot make a coherent argument for anything right so if i am and this is where worldview comes into play if i am if i am standing on a on a biblical worldview right i have i have scripture as my foundation scripture tells me that that yah uh, gave this, gave this, this is a, this is a message from him to us. He is a personal God. He came down here. He gave us his scriptures, his law. If I'm standing on that foundation, I can say, okay, that gives me, that, that gives me a justification or that gives me a basis for saying, you know, for example, um, uh, something is just or something is beautiful, or something is unjust. Now, if I'm standing on a secular worldview, right, where we're just, you know, cosmic space dust, right, 
that's uh, been, uh, you know, floating through space for eons. You know, I don't have any basis for saying that something is unjust. Yet those people that claim that worldview will be the first to cry out about in a perceived un injustice, right? But from the, if they were honest about their worldview, what does it matter if one piece of space dust uh, hits another piece of space dust? You know, what does it matter what one piece of space dust does to some to another piece of space dust? There's, there's no, it doesn't matter there. So why are they offended by perceived injustices? Because they are, when they are offended, they are actually getting off of their worldview and they are adopting a biblical worldview that says God is real. He has established uh, his law, his justice, his truth. And that, so that's how we can know. Like it's the same thing with beauty, right? If you see something is beautiful, you, you, by what standard is it beautiful, right? We Beauty is, beauty in and of itself speaks to a creator, right uh if it's it, like if you're looking at a tree right if you're standing on the um uh, the secular worldview it's just a tree you know it it's it's there it's it, there's dirt there's there's water there's rain there's a sun it does what a tree does but you really you really have can't appreciate the beauty of it unless you're standing on the biblical worldview that it was created it has a purpose um it's there for our enjoyment for our benefit so that that's kind of how i you know how i come to the conclusion that that's how we can know what is true um uh, one of the <clears throat> i i should probably just i keep jumping you know i should probably just hand it over to you to take me through this but uh, one of the things I, I did uh, really appreciated, I was even going through your book today and I remembered how you were talking about the the dwarves and we kind of like speak the same language because that's a that's a C.S. Lewis reference specifically mm -hmm. to the last battle. And if anybody out there who has ever read the Chronicles of Narnia, you'll know that in the last battle, which is, you know, like the end of the world in Narnia, there's these dwarves so you have these you have the 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 narnians fighting the uh the there were the uh the Tal no they were the Cal calamarines Cal yeah Cal yeah yeah Calman. yeah Calman. yeah yeah and they're 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 god tash and but then you had the dwarves and the dwarves kept saying the dwarves are for the dwarves you know they wouldn't they would like you know they wouldn't really jump on either side and you were using that as an analogy to many of the individuals who you know, aren't jumping on board with uh, with some of the changes that are happening. And I, I think that the idea is, is because, you know, I'm one of the big advocates, you know, the world is a stage and it's a uh, it's scripted out and that kind of stuff. And so uh, when something like the uh, Georgia Guidestones is destroyed, I think actually a better I have a picture of it here, but I think actually the better one I was looking, trying to find in your book. I think you, you do talk about Roe versus Wade. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's a better example because when Roe versus Wade was overturned, I was sitting there going, wow, I didn't expect that to happen. I didn't see that coming. I don't think really anybody did. Uh, but I had to come to the conclusion that uh, even even if you know, people are like, oh, it's all scripted. It's like, fine. Okay, fine. It's scripted. But you know what? That, that's just like that. I want to live in a world where, you know, less babies are murdered. 
And so at the end yeah. of the day, if, if I have to choose a government, people are like, you're choosing the lesser of evils. No, I'm actually choosing justice. That's not the lesser of two evils. If I have to live in a world where it's, it's scripted, but you have one and where it's, and I know that this isn't your point of view, um, uh, John Q, because I know that, you know, it, uh, but but if, if I have to live in a world that's scripted, I'm going to go with the, the people that are being like, no, we're going to uphold the, the the value of life being created in the image of the creator. And we're going to value that. I'm going with that every single time. And that's one of the things that started kind of churn my opinion on QAnons and wanting to listen more to what they were talking about because they were saying things that were actually really happening. Um, and, oh, I wanted to jump into one more thing you you mentioned in your book you had this uh, lord of the rings analogy which you know gets me every time right you're going to talk about you know lewis or tolkien i'm like i'm i'm listening and in the two towers well actually in the fellowship of the ring gandalf dies he fights the balrog and he disappears and they all think they lose him and then he returns and you know he says i i come to you now at the turn of the tide and that was a i'm not sure if that was the exact quote from the book but th he said mm -hmm. that in the peter jackson movie yeah and you talked about because this is when you came into it in uh with the elections being stolen in 2020 right and apparently q disappeared i wonder if you yeah. could talk about that a little bit yeah q disappeared uh shortly after after the um the 2020 election i think his uh he posted i think it was either no this i think i want to say december or late november early december was uh, his last post in 2020 for a long time he didn't post again until um i believe it was it, actually the next day he posted was the day that roe v wade was overturned um so yeah so um but yeah so um wait so so q he posted for the first time again when Roe versus Wade. The day, the exact day that Roe v. Wade was overturned, and taking credit for it, I assume. No, 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 no. Yeah, um, let's see, let's see. I, I'm gonna pull it up here and see what that uh, Q post was. All right, so that would have been. So it would have been uh, June. Was it June twenty fourth of twenty twenty two, right? Um, so it was twenty twenty two when it happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So June twenty fourth, twenty twenty two. I remember we were, you know, it was, you know, there, there's there's certain there's certain days, you know, times and days during over the past few years where you know both my wife and I enjoy cigars, and it's you know, it it, it was this is one of those what we call a two cigar night because so much was going on like Roe v. Wade had been overturned. There's all kinds of chatter about that and stuff. And, and so, and then Q dropped for the first time since, you know, December of, of uh, 2020. And he says, uh, shall we play a game once more? Q. That was what he said. Um, his next post was it had to be done this way. Uh, also on that same day. And then, are you ready to serve your country again? Remember your oath. Um, so, so yeah, uh, um, yeah. The, it, Q was there was no there was no taking credit. It was just they picked that day for a reason to to, to drop again because because you know and I you will not find a single anon in the Q community who is pro abortion. You will not find a single one. I can guarantee you that. Um. So what was the, so take me through then, I guess, 
what happened, right? Because you, you had mentioned earlier World War IV, uh, stage one, setting it up with Trump as president. The election is stolen. He's uh, do do all all do all Anons believe that he actually that it actually was stolen? Because um, there are I've seen yeah. some chatter out there that you know he was, he's still president. I'm wondering what the um, you know where that's coming from. But so what happened during those? Uh, was it 17 months? How long was it? How long was he gone? Yeah, I think it was 17 months actually. Yeah. Um, if I remember, I just correctly. got that. Yeah, number. I was reading. I was going through your book earlier today. So yeah. So what happened? Why? Why was Q gone? Why did Q come back? And yeah, and, sorry. And it, was, then, it was. Yeah, no. It was. It was actually. I just found it, it was actually 19 months um, that he was gone, uh, breaking his silence. 1700 days since the first drop appeared on on 4chan. Now 19 is is also uh, an. Uh, significant number for q because in the in hebrew the hebrew alphabet the the q is the 19th letter or the or the kuf is the 19th letter of the hebrew alphabet so um but so yeah it, it is it is uh very uh you can draw a strong analogy to i you know uh gandalf's reappear you know gandalf's reappearance in lord of the rings i come back to you now at the turn of the tide you can draw a strong analogy i do that in in uh i think it's chapter six um with q coming back and, and i borrowed that analogy from uh one of the anons who uh he's an excellent uh, writer burning bright is his handle um so you know i borrowed that from him gave him the credit uh but yeah he's uh, definitely an excellent excellent uh read so if you come across his Substack or what have you definitely uh, subscribe to him but um Sorry, and I've been rambling. What was the the question, Noel? What was the question? Um, <laughs> well, I was we were talking. Oh yeah, so uh, Q dis uh, Q disappears. Seventeen months go by. He reappears with the Roe versus Wade. And what uh, what was what was Q doing the, doing during doing during that time? And um, was you know Q defeated? You know, was how did Q spring back? Like, what's going on with that? According yeah. to um, Anon theory, yeah. So um, I think that uh, so in the Q drops, Q says, "Do not take uh, silence for inaction." Um, I think that there were, in fact, you know, if if you if you um, kind of read into what you're saying, if you don't don't take silence for an action, that means you know, if there's silence, that means there are actions going on that they can't jeopardize the the mission by posting um so i think there was a lot going on i don't know don't know what was going on but um i think there was a lot going on so uh are there, are there well one I mean, of the aside from like your opinion of what yeah. you know or don't know are there theories out there about what yeah. was going on yeah so there's definitely and and i i I fully subscribe to this theory. There's definitely was uh, a continuity government uh, operation implemented um, uh, before the fake Biden was, uh, you know, sworn in in a fake ceremony on a uh, on January twentieth, twenty one. Uh, there was a continuity government operation that was implemented, um, also known as devolution, um, where essentially the uh, the uh, commander in chief authority, uh, you know, was devolved. Um, uh, the, the the government was devolved, 
there's a if you're interested in in any of that there's a, an excellent substack by a, a, a person called uh, Patel Patriot he's was not a non he did not follow the Q drops didn't get to any of his stuff from the Q drops but all of his research lined up like a fit like a glove with the Q with the Q uh, drops and and he's since kind of come on board with that um so he 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 kind of has proven that uh you know joe biden is not commander-in-chief uh and and you don't even need him to prove that you can prove that yourself by just watching the military um you know the the at the inauguration he did not get a 21 gun salute at the laying of the wreath of the tomb of the unknown soldier he was not allowed to touch the wreath which is i mean that's you do, that's military tradition. The commander in chief, you know, touches the wreath, places it at the tomb of the unknown soldier. They wouldn't let him do that. Military just does not just willy nilly break tradition. I mean, tradition is so important to the military. So there's all kinds of things that the military is signaling that he's not the commander in chief, uh, but he is. I would say he is the president of. You know, you want to call it a defunct corporation or what have you, but he is. The president, but the his commander in chief uh, role that the commander in chief hat, he is not wearing it. So who's wearing the? Uh, and I'm just asking for clarification for mm -hmm. even everyone listening. Who's the commander in chief? I do think it's it's Trump. I think he's the commander in chief. So, so the, yeah, and that goes back. And I'm just I'm trying to understand. So that goes back to the question of because um, I I hear. And Anon's talking about this, how he's the commander in chief. So why the this again? I guess you 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 don't really know what was going on for those seventeen months. I'm just kind of curious uh, if he continued as commander in chief, um, and what would that? How would that affect uh, a reelection? Um, in terms of, I mean, that would be like a twelve twelve a three term run, right? Yeah. Well, for start, it would. Well, for starters, fraud vitiates everything, right? So if if uh, it's it's if fraud is proven which it, it it has been but if it's recognized and and proven then of course that vitiates the whole uh 2020 election and vitiates everything that uh, stemmed from that um but also you know uh there's a there's a lot of um speculation and research into the idea that um uh you know if fraud vitiates everything well then how far back do we go in our fraudulent uh, elections and our fraudulent uh, constitutional amendments? Um, if if there is a movement to sort of reestablish uh, the Constitution, uh, call, it's called reconstitu you know reconstitutionalization or whatever you want to call it. I think is a, is a proper term. I'm not sure, but to reestablish the the founding documents for what they were. At that point, you know the the uh the president uh you know served could serve more than two terms um you know i think that was passed after uh after was it after uh, world war ii um because we had uh, franklin d roosevelt was president for what four terms or something like that so um yeah there, there's a there's a lot of ways that that uh, he he could still be come be reelected if if there is a, a legitimate election um, I don't. I I do think that the election in 2024 is going to be even more blatantly stolen than the election in 2020 was. Um, either so that, think, yeah. 
yeah, either uh, that. Uh, go ahead. Well, I was going to ask. So that's interesting. So uh, is that a general view out there with uh, Q uh, QAnon that? Uh, the the next election is going to be stolen as well. And it's kind of a, you know, because I've, it seems like talking to different, uh, the few people I've talked to, some are very, very optimistic. Like it's all going to come up to fruition within weeks or, you know, in the next, it's always like two months away. You know, it's going to come, you know, everyone's going to see here real soon. Uh, but yeah, what do you think? It, this is an election year. So what do you think is going to happen in November? Yeah. Um, I know you're not a crystal of, ball. I'm not saying yeah. you are. Yeah. yeah, we're just thinking. We're thinking out loud right now. Yeah, one of one of two things. Um, well, so for starters, you know, in order to have a legitimate election, you've got you've got to change certain things, right? We ha, ha, have we removed the machines? Have we, um, you know, implemented same day voting, paper ballots, you know, hand count? No, that really hasn't been implemented, you know, in mass in mass scale. So. Um, they're going to have to either a they're they're going to, have to try to steal it again, or b they're you know Trump will be declared the winner, but they'll say because he's so dangerous to our democracy, we can't let him take office. And you know if you look back at what's happened, everything that that the the deep state has said and the Mockingbird Benny has said that Trump would do they've done like everything they project on him they've done so they said you know they said um that he you know would get us into wars they said that he would uh you know uh not they would said he would refuse to leave office right and they said he refused to leave office well he, he did and he didn't he stepped down uh so i they've they've been do you know the biden administration has been doing the things that you know they would said they said trump would do well, you know, I can see a scenario playing out where Trump is the obvious winner, declared the winner even on, you know, on election night or what have you. Uh, but they refuse to step down because, you know, Trump is, is dangerous for our democracy. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we'll see. Well, I don't, I don't know, but uh, it, it'll be interesting. Whatever happens, it'll be it'll be interesting. Yeah, you're going to have to. Uh, I always look forward to you uh filling me in on the uh on the the news of what's happening okay so i've kind of jumped all over the place asking a lot of questions and you you probably had this like trajectory in your mind about what you wanted to talk about tonight and um so let so hopefully i didn't mess you up too much or derail the conversation but i would love to we could talk about whatever you want actually yeah um this is your time to talk about whatever you want to talk about but i'm i'm thinking maybe we could just go over for everybody listening, like just, you know, let's just dig back into your research. Uh, of course, the book is called Q in the Millennial Kingdom. So uh, you talk in there about, you know, the mud flood and Tartaria. And of course, you know, everyone knows, obviously, that John Q shares the same view that I have and many of us have that the Millennial Kingdom happened. Uh, so that, you know, that takes us into the short season. And that that is going to be the uh, the tension with some people uh, listening. Some people here I could see are huge uh, QAnon supporters and other people not so much. And uh, thank you for everyone for being polite too uh, and just uh, you know giving a listening ear. I really appreciate that about uh, the cosmology uh, audience. Uh, they're very considerate people. Um, so yeah, take us through this. Like how does this tie into the short season? Where is this going? 
um, you know, what, what do you think is going to happen next? What do you think did happen? And just take mm -hmm. us through it. Yeah. So I'm handing the floor to you to talk about whatever you want now, and I'll just yeah. we'll get back on track and then I'll, I'll uh, jump in once in a while. Sure. Absolutely. Um, so I think really in order to understand kind of my position, you know, it'd help if you sort of understand my worldview and, 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 and kind of where I'm coming from. So my worldview starts with um, an understanding of the absolute sovereignty of the Most High. Um, and by absolute, I mean absolute. Um, you know, uh, at Psalms 135, he does, in Psalms 115, he does whatever he pleases, right? Um, he declares the end from the beginning. Um, that's in Isaiah. Um, you know, his, his purpose will be established. He will accomplish all of his good pleasure. That's, uh, Isaiah somewhere. Um, uh, you know, um, just on and on. I, there's so many verses, uh, out there that talk about the sovereignty, the sovereignty of God, the, just the absolute sovereignty. He, he, uh, he turns the heart, you know, the, uh, the heart of a king is like a, a stream of water in his hands. He turns it wherever he pleases. Right. Um, and so, you know, he hardened Pharaoh's heart. Uh, so having that, that understanding of absolute sovereignty, of course, now you get into the question, well, what about free will? Um, and that's a, that's a good, that's a good question. Well, absolute sovereignty and free will can coexist. Um, it's quite simple. Um, he has absolute sovereignty. A person has a free will to, to choose. And every single time, every single time people choose rebellion. All of us have chosen rebellion. Every single one of us. Um, and sometimes he lets people, a lot of times he lets people um, have their, their choice. But for the elect... For those he predestined, through his grace, he reaches down and he overrules the choice. While we were yet sinners, he overrules that choice. While we are dead in our trespasses and sins, while we are enemies of him, he overrules our choice and he gives us a new heart. Um, so he is not only not only is he a God that is absolutely sovereign, he's also a God that is is very personal and desires and seeks that that intimate relationship with us um and you know the uh i, I think it's in john it, it talks about um it talks about uh how um that he that uh, yahushua said whoever the father gives me i will uh i will draw draw that person to me and I will, I will not, um, you know, forget them or I, I, I will, it says, I will raise them up in the last day. And people say, well, like draw, like that's, you know, that's, uh, that's like wooing or whatever. And then you still make the choice to no. If you look at the Greek for that word, it's actually drag. It's the same word, like to, to same way that's described as like dragging or drawing a, a, a bucket of water from the well. The, the water does absolutely no work in that scenario you know, you're, you're drag kicking and screaming. And I know this too, from personal, my personal experience, my personal testimony, I know that, you know, the, 
that I chose my pride over, over him. And I know that he just destroyed my pride and overruled my choice. And, um, you know, uh, the, the good shepherd, you know, grabbed another sheep from the brink of the cliff. Right. So the absolute sovereignty of God is a, is a, is a starting point. Um, then you need to, from there, I, you know, the other thing that really affects, uh, kind of my position is understanding, um, the universe that we live in and kind of my understanding of it. Um, I, I, I lean towards, um, uh, simulation theory a bit. Um, I, I, I'm not, I'm not fully like committed to it, but I kind of lean it cause it, it has a lot of explanatory power. Right. Um, I did not know that about you, John. That's a new, that's a yeah. new fact I learned tonight. Yeah. So, I, so let's just jump into, I mean, I'm, Cause I'm curious, cause I was going to ask you tonight about, you had mentioned, you know, when John and I were talking before we went live tonight, you brought up a, or you brought up a divine matrix versus the controller's matrix. Um, you don't have to explain that right now, but maybe that's something we could talk about later a little bit. Yeah. Well, that kind of, kind of goes with what I'm saying here. So the, the universe, we, we all, I think we all agree. The universe is, is ordered. It's uh very, you know, mathematical, um, you know, it's, 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 you know, it was created perfectly by a perfect creator. Right. Um, and so it shouldn't surprise anyone where that a very ordered and mathematically based universe, you know, uh, is you start seeing things, you start seeing, you can see numbers in various things line up. It's what I, I call it the divine matrix. Right. So if, if we if we can agree that there is a, a matrix that the controllers have have built uh, where they do things by the numbers and, you know, it's, it's everything to do is 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 stage is by the numbers. It's it's to enhance uh, spells, things like that. Well, Satan doesn't create anything. He can't create anything. He can only counterfeit what the creator has created, what what God has created. Um, and so if, if they have a, if the controllers have a matrix, well, then logic tells me that there's a divine matrix. And so when you see, you know, so I've, as I've started paying more and more attention to these things and, and, and diving into these topics, I've, I've noticed, I've noticed numbers. Now there's a difference between living by the numbers, making decisions by numbers and just seeing how things line up and there's also numbers that that go with them uh, i'll give you an example um yesterday this is a recent example yesterday i was watching uh I, on you know just scrolling through social media came across a video by uh gene ho who pointed it was pointing out that uh in uh, simple gematria where one equals a equals one b equals two c equals three etc that Trump equals 88. And in Hebrew gematria, uh, Trump equals 407. Well, that's interesting because, you know, he's currently running to become the 47th uh, president, right? Uh, and so 407 you, in, in gematria, in gematria, the rules, you remove the zero. So it's, that would be a 47. Um, 
Uh, also, just so happens Q Patriot equals four uh, 407. Um, but then today I was working on a proposal for work. Um, it's one of the things I do at, at my day job is, you know, I write proposals. And the total came out to $40,000, $40,700. So either either that is just pure coincidence or it's part of the divine matrix. And I don't believe in coincidence because I believe in the absolute sovereignty of God, right? So I attribute that to the divine matrix. And if you pay attention, you'll see things that you're that you're researching or things that you're discovering or things that you're praying about or things that you're diving into the scripture about. You'll see like uh, potentially a, a, a license plate will pass by you, right? That that has a number or, or, or a phrase or something that relates to what you're thinking of or going through. He is a personal God and he is, he's giving us these, all these little, these little um, signs every day. You just have to pay attention to see them. Now, yeah, you, you and I are both because uh, you're in the uh, talk community on discord and you are, you and I are both, um, no, Jason one two three. A guy named Jason one two three, and the numbers he brings in just blows my mind. Just showing just everything in the news, how it just lines up with these uh, these ceremonies. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I'm in full agreement here that that the, these numbers. I do when I talk about when I talk about controllers, I'll, I'll talk about physical controllers, but also spiritual controllers. And I think you are too, mm -hmm. uh, especially when you brought up Satan. And and so I think that uh, the the prince of power of the air. And his uh, his contemporaries are, uh, or his co-conspirators are all communicating with each other through these numbers. Um, I mean, I, I've looked at these numbers and just gone like, some of these are so complex and just unbelievably complex um, and spot on. Like, there's not a coincidence that it's hard for me to even imagine that people are sitting these codes around to each other. I'm not saying that they're not, mm -hmm. but I see this more as super intelligent beings communicating with each other. And so I have to come to the conclusion too, that this is how uh, the good guys are, are, are spiritual controllers on the good end, the, the angels of Yah and so on communicate with mm -hmm. each other as well. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm totally in agreement with that. Yeah. So, so that, that's, you know, under kind of understanding that, you know, I, 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 you know, I look into how, you know, numbers of in scripture lines up with Q post numbers, whether it be the date timestamp or whether it be, you know, um, the, the post number itself or what have you. And, you know, I, I've, I found time and time again, like a, uh, a, a chapter and verse in, in the, in the Bible would line up with, a Q post number or a Q post date timestamp that is talking about the same thing. And I, I start off my book with chapter one, so it kind of gets into some of that. And then kind of, I, I, I give examples that I think probably in every single chapter. Um, and I just found it over and over and over again. And, and there's, you know, when you study scripture, you, you can easily tell that there's, that there is, um, you know, obvious, you know, significance to numbers like you know the number seven in revelation is is you know how that's used or um you know like five is is the number of of grace right now now for the controllers five is a number of of um of 
death to enemies and, and defense. That's why the, the Pentagon is as a, you know, as a, is the, that's why the Pentagon is the Pentagon. That's what the Department of Defense built a five sided building because it's, that's, that's their kind of, you know, statement to the world, you know, death to enemies and defense for, for us, five is a number of grace. And so both sides use numbers uh, and both sides communicate with numbers, uh, good and evil. And so it's, it's really, it's really requires discernment. Um, and you, you, and for sure you do not live your life. Don't make decisions based on, you know, on, on things you see. That's, that is not the, that is that's going down a really dark and dangerous path. If you do that, um, the, the other thing that, um, you know, kind of lines up with my worldview is my view of earth and like kind of what the, what Yah's ultimate end game for earth is. And you can find that in scripture, right? So, uh, you know, when he created it, uh, in Genesis one, the earth is, you know, he called it good, right? So he doesn't just make junk, whatever he, you know, creates, he, he values obviously. Right. And it was given to us for stewardship and to take dominion over. Um, it's, you know, and it, it, it scriptures talk about how it will, it shall be filled with the glory of, of Yahweh, um, you know the the earth eagerly awaits for the revealing of the sons of of the sons of God. The earth will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. That's in Romans eight. Um, you know uh, he promises the the earth to the meek. The meek shall inherit the earth. Um, uh, you know one of my favorite passages. <laughs> one of my favorite passages about the earth. Speaking of uh, you know my my. The, we we're talking about the doomers and doors, which is uh, uh, the prologue to the book, an addendum in my uh, article series. Uh, the earth swallows up doomers. If you look at the uh, numbers 16, uh, the earth swallowed up some doomers. So uh, that's one of my one of the fun passages there. But uh, the earth is inheritance forever. You know, um, it's it's going to be here forever and it's going to become perfected. It is it is going to be redeemed and restored um how that's gonna happen i don't know but that's the promise in scripture so well let's you know. let's talk about this a little bit because i i've heard I, i've seen you make comments online i've heard you talk about it in our uh discussions in the past uh, some of your mm -hmm. views about the 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 camp of the saints the fire um how well you, your view of the camp of the saints i'd be interested to hear about that because you don't take the traditional view um you know that it's an actual place in the center of the earth correct that, well, the idea that the camp is yeah. surrounded right yeah so i i i do think that there can be multiple meanings i think that there can be a, a literal camp i think there can be currently a literal new jerusalem in the hidden wilderness and i also think that it can be talking about the remnant um that he has uh, established here in our known realm, uh, also being surrounded, right? I think it can, I think it can be both. Right. Um, but I want to, yeah, that this is good because I want to, you know, I want to get your take on, on, as we're all looking at the short season, the little kingdom, all these kind of things, and people have different opinions and perspectives. I want to hear your perspective or thoughts on, you know, what, what it actually is, what it's actually referring to. So I think, I think it's, it's a fact, you're, it's a fascinating idea. 
Yeah. So, um, so uh, it, this this kind of comes from you know so my, my eschatological position that I brought into all this, which is postmillennialism. We can talk about that later, maybe. But um, essentially, with 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 all the promises of Scripture, you know that uh, that point to um, the earth being you know given to to his children that it, you know, it will, it will be, um, it is established forever. It'll be ours. Um, I, I see, um, when, when I, when I, when I look at, uh, you know, revelation, uh, 20, um, and I think it was verse nine or what have you, where it talks about, you know, Satan's, Satan's armies has surrounded the camp of the saints he, he, he is loosed after the thousand years. He sets out to deceive the nations, gather them together, four corners of the earth. It uh, gives a little, there's a comma, Gog and Magog, which is which is just a, a little like, it's, it's, it's basically that's telling me it's going to look like Gog and Magog. And I go into that in, I think, chapter seven. Uh, yeah, and talk about it. I was going to ask yeah. you about that too. I don't want to distract yeah. you from your, your, your train of thought. But yeah, I would love to hear your thoughts on Gog and Magog too. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so it surrounds the camp of the saints and says, and it says, but, but fire comes down from God out of heaven and consumes them. Who is it consuming? It's consuming those who have been deceived. Um, now at face value, you can say, well, that reminds me of in number 16, where it says fire came out of, out of Yahweh and he consumed, there's 250 uh rebellious israelites there that he consumed and in 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 that if you look at the strongs it's talking about like you know destroying by fire but if you look at the strongs number for for that term fire in that uh in that verse in that passage in revelation 20 it's the same strongs number as the term uh that's given at pentecost where the holy spirit came upon the disciples and um, there were like flames of fire on their head. It's the exact same Strong's word. So when I see the fire comes down from God out of heaven and consumes them, I don't see that as a judgment event. I see that as a great awakening, which obviously lines up with kind of the whole Q narrative, right? The great awakening. It's a, it's the, it's God pouring out his spirit on all those who have been deceived. And I, and I see a vast majority of people waking up to the lies and deceptions, realizing that they've been deceived, realizing who the deceiver is, um, seeing him as just a, you know, just a worm that how, how can this worm have deceived us? Right. And, um, and, you know, Essentially, well, I think it, it's it's the ultimate checkmate. It's the ultimate defeat for Satan. If he if he can take you know the majority of the world's population with him, that's kind of a win for him. But we know he doesn't win in the end, right? I, I think it, what you're ultimately, if I could, uh, I don't want to put the words in your mouth, but I think what you're getting at is that the the fire that comes down is like an enlightening fire that actually um, you could say wake people up, but brings people to the truth. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's the and, it's the all consuming. Uh, fire of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I think it. I think it's a, a fascinating view because um, when you look early, we're dealing with the Book of Revelation, of course. And if we're going to take context within Revelation, 
we look at the two prophets also who have fire that uh, comes out of their mouth. And now I've never read the the Left Behind books by, was it Jenkins and LaHaye? Never read them. I remember back in the 90s when they were like the talk of the town, really hot. And I think I watched the first movie. And if I remember, like he pictured like it was actual fire that came out of their mouths. They were like scorching people. Uh, but obviously, biblically, the, the idea of these two prophets with the fire coming out of their mouth, it's actually the word of Yah, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's they're actually speaking truth that cannot be defeated. Like you cannot, it's almost like the, the sword coming out of uh, Messiah's mouth in Revelation yeah. as well, that it's, we, we, he, we know that the sword is the word, right? Yep. And, mm -hmm. um, and it can't be defeated. Uh, nobody can stand up to it. So I, yeah, I just want to point that out. I think that that's uh, worthy of uh, discussion, putting that on the table. And uh, you were the first that actually said that, John, probably a couple years ago now. I'm like, wow, that's actually a really interesting view. So, um, and it, <clears throat> the, this idea too, that, you know, the earth is uh, eternal. I think you believe, the earth is eternal, right? You would say that, yeah. like it's an eternal inheritance. That also is really interesting with um, a simulation theory as well. Uh, we don't need to go into that, but I, we can if you want. But uh, so some people in here mentioned Gog and Magog. And mm -hmm. uh, how do you think that comes into this? Yeah, so that, um, that, was, that was actually, I think, yeah, chapter five was Gog and, and Magog. I uh, got into that. So Gog and Magog, is um that that little insertion of that uh phrase into um revelation 20 is just a it's a uh it's something to say basically this is what it's going to look like it's going to look like gog and magog and gog and magog already happened during the time of esther um and i go into that in uh in chapter five or or part five of my if, if you're reading my articles on substack or on the unexpected cosmology but uh, essentially, um, everything in the Ezekiel 38 prophecy already happened. Uh, it happened during the time of Esther, which happens to be the 17th book of the Bible. I would be remiss if I didn't point that out. And so um, it, from my perspective, what happened during Esther is what is what we can expect uh this this thing that we're going through this storm that we're going through to look like right it's going to look dire it's going to look like like um yah's people are surrounded by their enemies the uh the, the, there are those in high places of power that have conspired against them uh you know uh the traps have been laid everything's set the plans are set there's no escape from this. That's what it's going to look like. But all the traps that Haman laid, all the plans that he laid are all sprung right back all around on him. And that's, so that's what this is going to look like. Uh, Satan's going to gather the armies, uh, deceive the nations, which he's already had, that's already happened. Right. Obviously we're all, we, you know, the nations have been yeah. deceived. Uh, believers around the world are all surrounded like we're surrounded by the 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 just the evil in every every area of society um the traps have been laid you know but uh they're going to um they're going to be taken out by their own by their own traps and you can see that with um 
with uh uh what was it um what the the, the program that snowden um whistle blew on i forget the name was escaping my head but they established that program to collect data from everyone right well uh now that's that's how, that's kind of how the q team how has has all the information on all of them <laughs> right so this is one example of of the traps that they set are being turned around against against them so um all right so fire um all okay so fire all consuming and I, I i don't mean to put you on the spot with this just just curious like is your is your idea or understanding that uh, everybody is going to be saved in the end or uh will s some people not meet that end no no um uh um it's it's a <laughs> that's that's a pretty deep discussion um, it is, it is. I, yeah I, i'm just I, i'm thinking out loud right now because yeah. uh that was something that origin uh talked about you know a long time ago and because because uh yeah is an all-consuming fire and, and i'm not going to go into the all the, the pre-existence and the fact that you know uh divine beings are, are you know the sp spirit bodies are you know be able are able to withstand the fire whereas uh others will be burnt to a crisp uh but yeah i'm just i'm just thinking through this it's yeah. i'm finding it really fascinating that that we're seeing so many people um so you came you came into this and i've said this before i think last time you were on when you were on with uh nephilim hunter and the the 2020 you're like part of the 2020 school right the, the 2020 mm -hmm. yeah. truthers are very different than the sandy hook 9 11 truthers and when i came into it everything was very dark and grim and we're all going into fema camps and you know so on and so forth and that school of thought is still prevalent but then all of a sudden you know this whole new school of thinking came in where we're coming into like people are waking up and enlightenment and we're seeing that we're seeing that mm -hmm. we're uh th th this can go into um operation uh, or project looking glass as well but you know the more that they lie to us the more that these sociopathic um you know chronological liars are just lying and lying and lying and lying to us in the media and the government so on and so forth it it's like having this reverse effect that more and more and more people are waking up and it's it's in some ways it's a beautiful thing to behold I was actually a little bit disappointed that um, I'm almost people are going to twist anything I say, but I'm almost looking back at COVID a little nostalgic, no, nostalgically already. I mean, it was a very dark time in 2020. It was a dark, dark year, but I had no clue going into it. When we were going into it, I'm like, oh, here it is. Here we go. You know, the grenade pin has been pulled. I'm getting in the trenches. I'm manning the gun. It was like wartime. And I had no clue that so many people were going to come out on the other end uh, waking up. And so I was a little disappointed when the second wave didn't happen. You know, they were going to do the lockdowns again and everything. And, and I was at the point like, bring it. Let, let's do this. Because, you know, the more you guys push at us, the more people are just going to wake up. Um, yeah. So just thinking through this idea of the, the fire, I'm still on that thought. I'm sorry. Yeah, Don. no. Um, um, but it's a really great question. I mean, it's... It, will everyone be saved well that's one of the that's that's one of the great 
that's one of the uh, it is a great debate in uh in the you know in theological circles um i came across a view um over the past two years doing all this research i came across a view that really resonated with me and it's called calvinist universalism and essentially what calvinist universalism says is that um the elect are saved from the fire um but the and the and the the unelect are will be saved out of the fire they will go through a baptism of fire it will while they're in while they're in the lake of fire it will feel like it is forever um uh, but it uh, and and there, there's a it's it's a very controversial subject <laughs> but they you know there's scripture to back it up you can make the case you can make the case scripturally um now will will everyone wake up uh with this, no, I don't. I don't think everyone will wake up. Uh, Q even says uh, four to six percent loss forever. Um, forty six percent loss forever. Four to six percent loss forever. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, and of course, you know, you can make a scriptural argument as well against uh, universalism, right? Too. So, um, yeah. No, I don't think everyone is going to wake up, and I don't think it even takes everyone waking up. Um, if, if you look at the Revolutionary War, what was it? Uh, there's only, I think, 3% of the population of the colonies actually took up arms. Um, so it really only takes 3% to affect change. Um, that, that would be if it's a violent change. Now, we, now the plan of the, 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 the Q plan for this is, is not, you know, a nonviolent uh, revolution, right? It's uh, Q, it says clean and swift, no civil unrest, right? So that requires a lot more of the population being willing to make a change through peaceful measures, right? To throw off the, the government that's, you know, the shackles of the government that's now oppressing them, which is the right and their duty per the Declaration of Independence and establish new forms of government uh, to secure their, their prosperity and happiness. So in order to to get to that point, you do have to have a lot more than 3%. You have to have a vast majority, probably around 80 or so plus percent in order to, to have a, a, a revolution like that that's peaceful and, you know, you don't end up with a lot of civil unrest. I mean, look at what happened in 2020 with, you know, Antifa and everything. And that's that's another, that's right there, that just sparked something, you know, what, where was Antifa when Roe v. Wade uh, was, fell, right? Where has Antifa been? You know what happened to them? Why aren't they burning cities uh, right now? Uh, why not last summer, the summer before that? There's plenty of reasons to, but where are they? Uh, so that's just like this. That's just one little clue. And then you start looking at, for example, you look at uh, a lot of people don't know this, but in last summer in El Salvador, the military in El Salvador rounded up 66 thousand ms-13 gang members in one summer the military rounded them up they're all they're they're off they're they're out of the streets of el salvador right so um, it's quite the well, number 66 yeah it's it's quite the number sixty-six thousand. <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely um but matt one of the main one of my main verses and i when i harp on this the main passages that i harp on over and over again is uh, Matthew 13, uh, 37 to 43. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of no, 
that that passage alone, that chapter verse reference alone, uh, kind of tells us what we're going through here. You've got Matthew 13. Well, you can link that to the 13 bloodline families of the Illuminati. And then you've got chapter, you've got verses 37 through 43. And if you add up 3 plus 7 plus 4 plus 3, you get 17, right, or Q. So we've got a situation where you've got Q operation going up against the 13 bloodline families. Uh, and this, the passage says, he answered, the one who sows the seed, the, the one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed is the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one. So that's that's a little, you know, it, it, are we talking serpent seed here? Maybe, you know, I, 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 I am, I could be on board. So I, I'm not uh, convinced either way, but hey, I, I can definitely see serpent seed being a thing. Uh, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is at the end of the age. And the reapers are the angels. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine forth like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So it's describing a process with a purpose, right? There's a there's a process of gathering out of the wheat field, the tares, and you have to do that in such a way that you don't harm the wheat, right? Uh, so it's it has to be kind of a surgical type of a, of a thing. Um, and the purpose of this is so that the righteous will shine forth like the sun in the kingdom of their father. So to me, what I know about the Q plan and, and the, a worldwide military alliance to remove the world of the cabal, the deep state that's been controlling this place since forever, how long that lines up perfectly. Right. And not only does, does that line up with the context it also matches with the chapter and verse numbers line up with what we're what we're seeing. Yeah, what what you're saying is actually uh, resonating with me in a lot of ways. And one of the, I mean, we, we could talk about timeline and uh, maybe what you thought the millennial kingdom actually looked like, things like that. I'd be curious to hear. Mm -hmm. uh, and, but what I'm saying is that in my research, looking at the kickstart of the the millennial kingdom. I think most people have this idea that Mashiach just showed up, boom, it started, you know, and then he left. And what I've looked into in my research and so on and so forth, it was it was something very similar to what's going on today, where it was a gradual process. It was a buildup that started intensifying. And then, you know, the the it 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 was almost it was just more of a kickback and more of a kickback. Mm -hmm. And it, it just wasn't it didn't happen overnight. And um yeah, and, and that's so, that's uh, that's I mean that there's all kinds of scriptures that point to that. That's how that's how the kingdom is going to be ushered in. It's going to start out. Daniel talks about how it's going to start out as a small stone, not cut by any human hands. It's going to grow to fill the earth, right? Uh, yeah, uh, it's going to be like a mustard seed. Uh, you know, starts out small. It's going to grow into a giant tree where you know the birds, you know, you know, rest on its branches. 
Um, yeah, you and I, you and I have, I think, very similar thoughts in that area because most people, they're like, you know, boom, it just came in 70, 72 AD, and boom, it was just here, and that's the way it was, and then we just wake up in the short season. I'm like, no, like it, it was a gradual process of getting there. It didn't happen overnight. And of course, you know, my theory is, you know, that it took 500 years before the the mm -hmm. kickstart of the Millennial Kingdom. That's a side point, but I would, I would be curious to hear some of your uh, ideas. Uh, I don't know if I've ever uh, heard them from you before, like your ideas on the, the timeline, uh, what it looked like, what people were doing during the Millennial Kingdom. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I absolutely I absolutely think that um, the Millennial Kingdom, I'm, my timeline is right with yours. With the, the, the physical manifestation of the kingdom happened during the Middle Ages, the Dark Ages, right? It's 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 what they what they that's how they that's how they do things they they reverse they reverse it on you right mm -hmm. and that lines up with what scripture says about how the the kingdom will be ushered in essentially the gospel yahushua you know was stood there before you know his disciples uh and he gave them a, he gave them a, uh orders he said the great commission he said go into all the world and make disciples of all nations a lot of people forget this part, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you, right? So he says, go get them, go get the world. Okay. So started out with a start out with a, what 11 dudes standing up on a on a you know on a hilltop looking up, staring up into the clouds, right? And the angels came and said, What are you guys doing? He said, Go, go, right? So it started out with those 11 dudes and it spread, it spread and spread, and it covered the eventually it covered a horse. Well, what happens as as the gospel spreads, what happens as people begin to to obey all that Yahusha has commanded us? What happens when we love our neighbor? Uh, you you know, the more the more people love their neighbor, the fewer wars there are, right? Uh, what happens when we uh, care for the the widow and the orphan? What happens when uh we keep the commands there's a physical there's a physical impact to that it's not just spiritual there's a physical impact to living a righteous life and so as more and more people throughout the world were living that righteous life as the spiritual reality of the kingdom of heaven spread it it, it there was a there was physical implications to that spiritual reality spreading and to a point where the physical manifestation of the millennial kingdom occurred on the earth um now even at that point there were there were rebellious factions right i think you know you uh your uh some of the research you put out on the on 536 and what have you um in that time frame you know there was a a cataclysm uh it was a judgment where those who refused their time was up um and they were removed um and and that uh that ushered in um the you know the, the millennial kingdom now i a lot of people you know did did yahushua return then right i i don't think he returned then in his in what his what everyone thinks of as the second coming um you know 70 a.d i think was part of his first parousia 
uh, his first advent. Uh, and but I think he's had, uh, you know, again, C.S. Lewis, right? It's C.S. Lewis isn't scripture, but C.S. Lewis, uh, a lot of his writings is based on things that he extracted from scripture, both him and Tolkien. And C.S. Lewis describes, you know, Aslan is not a tame lion, he comes and goes. So I, I do think that there is some analogy there in uh, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe where he came and he crowned uh, Peter, Susan, Lucy, kings and queens of Narnia, and they ushered in the Golden Age, right? Um, I think there's an analogy there to where there was, you know, one of Aslan's comings, you know, I, I say with a, with a, a lowercase c coming. That's, because uh, that's precisely my thought. Actually, you just, <laughs> I should have used, I mean, such a straightforward, obvious example. I can't believe I never used that before, but yeah, it, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. That's, that's exactly my thought too. And, it, and a lot of people who are advertising the millennial kingdom, they're like, you know, they, they talk about Jesus, like going around on a, almost like a, you know, a parade float, just waving at people. And he's like on some throne and all the people are coming and visiting him. And, and I, I don't, I don't see it as that way at all. Um, yeah. Me either. Yeah, well, you're just saying that. I I do think he there was a Perusia. He came, he uh, and uh, yeah, he set up uh, kings and queens. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. yeah go ahead. That's yeah. spot on with how I think. Yeah, exactly. Because because the scripture does say that um, you know he is seated at the right hand of the Father and he must reign until all of his enemies are made a footstool for his feet. The last enemy being death, and then he will hand the kingdom up to the Father in victory. Um, so we still have death here. Death is still here. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very present reality. So in that sense, his final coming, you know, his, his what, you know, the capital, uh, S capital C second coming hasn't happened yet in my opinion. Um, but it is, it is in our fairly near future, I think, uh, you know, so, you know, a lot of the pre-millennials like, well, I don't have any hope of this second coming. Well, according to, if you think the, the millennial hasn't happened yet, then, According to scripture, you've got a lot longer way to go than my position does to get to the second coming, right? Because I'm saying that the the second coming happens after the thousand years, after the uh, Satan's uh, little season. I don't know how much longer afterwards, but uh, you know, I, it's it's there's going to be a point where um, I think kind of the, I kind of see it similar to what happened, uh, you know, in around the 530s. I see. I see something similar like that where, you know, there has been over the, you know, over the past, you know, hundreds of years, there has been, you know, a, you know, a spread of the gospel. Like there are, you know, there is not a single nation on earth that, that, you know, does not have uh, professing believers in Mashiach. Right. So um, I think that, I think that we are, are in store though for a really uh, worldwide a great revival but it's not going to be everybody and um there's obviously there's a, a lot of people that uh they sold their soul to the devil i you know it, i it, i think that's that's the uh you know that's the yeah with, them, you know with every revival one thing i've i've noticed uh a lot is that it's I don't know if you could describe it as like a pendulum swing, but it's, it's, it's opposites. And the more you have in an area of revival, the more you're going to have in terms of rebellion too. It's almost like just a, a mm -hmm. reaction. Yeah. Uh, so I, I would just say to expect that as well. 
Uh, I think we've all seen this in our lives too, as many of us are coming back to the ancient ways and 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 seeking out Yahuwah, uh, that we're seeing just more people are responding to that in, in in a way of of outright rejection, right? Where it's just like we didn't even see this kind of rebellion in them before until it was brought before them, and then they're just you know uh, outlandish against it. Um, what are your thoughts on? It's kind of interesting. I have your I have your book up. I don't know if you can see it, but I have your book up right here on the store, uh, Q in the Millennial Kingdom. And I just noticed my book right next to it, The Hidden Wilderness. But then <laughs> right next to that is He Walked the Americas, which is, you know, accounts of uh, Yahusha coming across North America. We were just talking about, you know, whether he came here or not. And uh, it's kind of interesting to see like, boom, 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 these three books uh, side by side. Um, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on what it was, what it would have been like? During the Little Kingdom, I mean, we we yeah. we established between you and me that we have a we the common understanding of like the Perusia. And if mm -hmm. anyone out there doesn't know what Perusia means, it's the it's a, it's a Greek word the Greek word that refers to a conquering king that leaves his capital city and comes to another for a certain span of time to conquer it, but then he returns again. I mean, I think that's the general understanding of it. And so when we're talking about like 66 to 70 AD, that's the Perusia. That's that's actually the word that's used in the New Testament where he actually he comes uh, to Jerusalem, he conquers it, but then he leaves again. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, what are your, some of your thoughts on just uh, like maybe what it was like? Yeah. And just speculation, of course, but I'm just curious. Yeah. Well, we, we, we kind of can, you know, we have some residue about what it, of what it was like in the architecture and everything. I mean, it's, it's quite obvious that, um, that, you know, worldwide that these structures were built uh, to facilitate the healing of the nations. And I think for me, one of the most powerful things that I kind of realized at some point during this whole journey was that um, the millennial reign was just as much of a healing for the saints uh, who went through horrible, horrible uh, scarring um, situations where, you know, they would have been damaged at the soul level even like there's there's been research i've come across where you know uh trauma at the physical level actually damages your soul if, if it's a if it's a you know to a certain extent and that's part of the part of the whole you know thing that they do with the you know adrenochrome rituals and what have you is they're 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 damaging these 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 children's souls well the the saints went through horrible traumatizing experiences under Nero and and um and you know revelation talks about the the, the the blood of the saints that cries out from under the altar you know when when will we have justice and, and the, the response is just a little while longer so I think that 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 the, the, one of the reasons for the thousand years was so that the saints could pour themselves into artwork into uh architecture and building and creating beauty and 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 in 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 healing the nations it's also was a healing for themselves for their souls um as a way of therapy a thousand years so to speak of of, of therapy after going through what they went through that's one of the things i i think was a part of the reasons for that um uh i think yeah i think there was you know 
free energy. Um, you know, there was, um, it, the climate was, it was obvious that the, the climate was a kind of a moderate temperate climate based on, you know, the structures that we have, like they didn't care about heating some of these places. Um, so, you know, I think there was a, a moderate climate year round. Um, I think that the saints, you know, could come and go between, um, you know, they had, you know, they have, you know, spiritual, you know, perfected, resurrected spiritual bodies. I think they could come and go between this realm and, um, and, uh, you know, the, uh, hidden wilderness or what have you. Um, and I think that, you know, uh, as, as humanity always does, eventually, you know, rebellion started in, you know, in small pockets here and there and it spread. And as, as rebellion spread, the, the, the physical kingdom shrunk until you got to a point where, you know, to borrow from Tolkien, the, the elves left on the ships. We talk, we, you and I talk about Tolkien a lot in the analogies of, in the Lord of the Rings and how we spot on, we think they are. And I, I just read the the Lord of the Rings again this last year to kind of I hadn't read it since college, you know, a long, long, long time ago. And I was really taken back by this idea that, of course, the ring itself was a, uh, a representation of the spiritual world. And when he slipped it on, you know, Frodo would go into the spiritual world and he could see things as they truly are. And uh, he would see there was a couple examples. Uh, there was one elf that was resurrected. He actually came from the undying lands, which is, of course, you know, my my idea on the uh, the hidden wilderness, the blessed land. And to all the mortals, he looked just like a normal elf. But when he saw him, he was just this glorious, illuminated uh, individual because uh, he was, of course, resurrected. And this was what he truly looked like. But to the mortals, he just looked normal. And so I, I think that that was probably like when we look at the artwork and stuff, if we're actually looking at anyone who happens to be one of the resurrected sainthood, they're just they're painting them as a as a as a mortal. But they would have been, you know, truly illuminated. Um, we got about about, you know, 10 minutes left. And so I want you to cover whatever you want to talk about. And uh Let's just throw this out there. Let's see who was talking about this. I'm trying to find in the comments. Uh, oh yeah, uh, Nisera, and uh, th it, that got a lot of people going off on fiat con uh, currency and all this kind of stuff. Uh, did you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, um, I I honestly don't know where I where I stand on you know Nisera and Jacera. Um, we, we obviously know that um, that in order for the whole, you know, the corrupt system to be removed, part of that is the the fiat dollar, the, you know, the, the central bank currency. And, you know, we can't, you know, for it to work, there can't, it can't be replaced by, you know, a central bank digital currency, what have you. Right. It's so something has to, to change. Um, if if we're going where I think we're going, eventually. The 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 money system is going to you know, look like what it looks like in, in the Torah. Um, and I haven't done a lot of digging into that yet. Uh, what, what is it? What is, uh, what does that look like? What are those, what are those laws around, around, you know, uh, you know, there obviously there are some about, you know, I know about, you know, equal weights and measures, um, 
you know, things like that. But, you know, what what does the the tour have to say on, you know, on lending? Uh, and, you know, I, I've not done a whole lot of study on those kind of things. So I think if if what I think is true, where we're going, eventually we're going to get there to where, you know, we're following the law in, in our financial system as well. So uh does does nasara do that you know i don't i i honestly don't i haven't done a lot of research into it uh because it's you know i i'm i'm not a financial guy <laughs> i i it's just it's that's just fine not my that's thing. fine i yeah. i i was just because if you had a uh an idea on it yeah i i i i can't wait till people like who who think that the the law on the torah is so horrible and awful like they clearly i don't think they've really looked at it i mean i love love the torah's idea of recompense and i mean i i tell i ask people like imagine like someone comes and steals your car okay what happens to them they get thrown in prison they get thrown in some cell whatever like they're there because they want to be there anyway or they don't want to be a part of society so it's like they're only learning to become more corrupt, more criminal in the prison system. But what if if they actually not had not only had to replace your car, they had to give you several new cars. And if they couldn't afford to give you those cars as recompense, they are now in your service as your butler to, you know, they're like fixing your roof and all. I mean, that that's like incredible. Like that would <laughs> I don't know. I'm all I'm all about that. I'm all about like yeah. that would teach people to be like you got to learn responsibility. Like you are now in someone's debt because you have broken into their house, you have stolen from them. You're now in their debt uh, to to make this right again. Um, so, anyways, yeah, um, got ten minutes um, before we're gonna kind of we're gonna kind of close shop here and yeah. uh, take us through something you'd like to talk about in your in your book. Yeah, well, I, I think I'll actually. Um talk a little bit about uh my what's the start of my next maybe book but definitely my next article that i've, I've started on and I, I i'm calling it an unexpected rabbit hole because it was quite unexpected um and so it's called uh this is a working title of it right now an unexpected rabbit hole the ark of the covenant and q um and kind of how it was unexpected was um uh, I don't know. Early, it was in January, like uh, towards the end of January. Um, uh, um, uh, James O'Keefe posted a picture on, I think it was his Instagram, whatever, of him standing uh, next to uh, supposedly a replica of the Ark of the Covenant at Mar-a-Lago. Um, <laughs> so that that brings up a lot of like in, in, people were doing a lot of like, huh, what, you know, uh, you know. Is, what's going on here, right? Uh, you know, Indiana Jones and all that stuff, right? So uh, so th that kind of piqued my interest. I'm like, oh, wait, that's cool. Uh, but then I kind of dropped it and didn't really pay much more attention to it um, until, I don't know if anyone is following um, the debt clock and kind of um, the things that are, um, you, know, on the, you know, on the debt clock. But um, uh, the there was... Uh, on that website, there was there was there was something on that website I think that was linking to that as well. And then the uh, the um, Ingersoll Lockwood website, which if you get into the whole Trump time travel uh, rabbit hole, that you know Ingersoll Lockwood comes into play. That website posted uh, posted a link to um, 
to a, a video by the Ron Wyatt, um, the Wyatt Archaeological Research uh, website, uh, talking about uh, Ron Wyatt discovering um, the Ark of the Covenant back in 1982, I think it was. And yeah, 1984. 84. Okay. So, and I had, I had heard about it. I had never really done a whole lot of looking into it. Right. I kind of heard about it. Um, so that really, okay. Like there's, there's something here to this. Um, so we've got, we've got uh, the Ingersoll Lockwood website, which is, uh, you know, if you go to the website, they say we are not associated with QAnon. And that is right. There is no such thing as QAnon. There is Q and there are nons. Um, but it's it's it, it's obvious if you just look at you know their address their their building number their their suite number their phone number you know it, you know it's they're they're not they're not hiding it they're not hiding anything um, so I watched the video that they posted it was the first time I kind of seen it. it was a documentary on him discovering it and my wife and I are watching it together and um, Ron describes how uh, when he first found the chamber that he eventually found the Ark of the Covenant was in that chamber. When he first found that chamber, um, he looked, peeked through a hole into the chamber, a small hole, and hanging down, you know, in the center of that hole was a stalactite, a large stalactite. And he, he marked how that was unusual uh, uh, for, you know, those catacombs he'd been you know, spending years in, right? Um, inst almost immediately, my wife's like, pause it, pause it. And I paused it. And, and she's like, he's describing the paleo cue. And sure enough, if you pull it up, it's the paleo cue, a circle with a line in the middle, hanging down through the center, down, sending out the bottom. So now I'm like, okay, uh, there's definitely something here, right? There, I'm, there's, <laughs> so now, so I'm diving into that article or I'm diving into that research to, for the next article and I'm finding a lot of really, uh, really cool things. Um, I can't wait for the, to, to kind of run this to ground, but so that'll be coming out uh, in the near future. Uh, one of the, some of the cool things that I kind of discovered is uh, some of the, the numbers related to that. So um, let me see here. It was, uh, it was, it was actually, no, it was it was 1982. It was January 6th of January 1982 at two o'clock p.m. is when um, uh, Ron Wyatt. It. Yep, when he found it. Um, and if <laughs> if we take the the numbers, sixth of January 1982, two p.m. So six one one nine eight two two. You you add those up, he gets to thirty eight. Um, and here's how uh, you, there's there's a way of doing it to get to thirty eight. Um, there's the macro level at the macro level. So the month and the, uh, the month and the year, uh, so January is one and 1982. If you add those numbers up one, nine, one plus nine plus eight plus two, you get to 20. And so you drop to zero, you have a one and a two, so that equals three. And then if you do the micro level, so the, the day of the month and the time, so the six and two, you get eight. So there's 38. Uh, or, you know, that's, that's three eights, right? Uh, eight is a number of salvation and, and a number of new beginnings. I talk about that in the book and it's, you know, so if you three eights, you maximize that three times, you get 
888, which is Aesus, right? Um, so, but one of the really fascinating things is it just so happens that exactly 38 years later, on the 6th of January, and, and you know, when I saw that he said he discovered it on the 6th of January, I'm like, like that, like that just, I don't know, clues me or triggers me into saying, okay, there's something else here because there's this, the 6th of January happened, right? So 38 years later on the 6th of January at exactly two o'clock in the afternoon, local time, Washington, D.C., you, you can look up the wiki article and I took a snip of it following your advice, Noel. The mob removes the last barrier protecting the east side of the Capitol. Now, is that coincidence? No, uh, not in my opinion, because I don't believe in coincidence. It's something in the divine matrix that we're seeing, and I'm going to try to figure out what it is. Yeah, what, what uh, John was just talking about, taking a, a, a snapshot of it, is one of my frustrations as a writer is that I would be sourcing material and quoting from it, and then I would go back and look at it later, and it would all be changed. And I'd be like, what in the, and, and so now it's looking like I'm like making stuff up and quoting from something that doesn't exist anymore. So I started, you know, just taking pictures, actual snippets of articles that I'm quoting from. And uh, so, I mean, I guess it could take the Mandela effect to change the picture, but uh, at least, you know, if, if someone is, whether it's AI or somebody manually going back in and changing something, at least I have my evidence uh, there that I was actually quoting correctly. So um well it's it's uh up at that time uh john thank you so much for coming on uh, i enjoy this i know that the a lot of people have been enjoying this and there's been a flurry of discussion in the in the live chat and uh thank you everybody for coming out and listening to this thank you john and his book is q and the millennial kingdom we have this available at the unexpected cosmology in our store uh, just go to the website the unexpected cosmology store boom it's right there and uh, yeah, and support John and his uh, John Q and his his work, and I, I I'm very impressed. I think it's just a uh, he put a lot of of thought, a lot of work into that book over many articles, and it's exciting to think that you know you're going to be bringing out some more as well. So, any uh, any last thoughts before we close shop for the night? Yeah, uh, you know, um, thanks, thanks for having me again. Um, you know, it, you can, I'm, you can find me, you know, on True Social, or you know, um, it's John underscore Q underscore Adams. Uh, of course, you can also find me on those Discord. Um, and uh, just one last little thing before um, before I go, related to thirty eight uh, and how that relates to the discovery of the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, Q post 38 is the first Q drop that used the phrase, the calm before the storm. Hmm. All right. Well, we'll do this again. And um, again, all right. Uh, thank you, everybody. Shalom all. And just as a reminder for anyone out there, uh, you're invited to um, the tour portions tomorrow. That's the Bible study we put on every Friday night leading into the Sabbath. And uh, we go through the entire Torah in one year. We're in Exodus right now, getting ready to go into Leviticus in a couple weeks. And then afterwards, I'm doing my study on Galatians, according to the Torah. And it's a line-for-line -line study, just looking at everything Paul says and showing how it actually all relates back to the Torah. And um, yeah, hopefully I'll see you guys then. Good night, everyone.